Greece now a DVE on Val Porter. Memos detailing James Comey's conversation with President Trump are being leaked to media outlets. They show President Trump's reservations about then-National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and his obsession over media leaks to the press. In one meeting with a former FBI director, Trump told Comey he had serious reservations about Flynn, who later left the White House for lying about his contacts with Russian officials. And Stormy Daniels' lawsuit against President Trump will come to an L.A. courtroom today. A hearing is scheduled to discuss an attempt by Trump and his personal attorney to delay the suit. The porn star claims to have had a sexual encounter with Trump a decade ago. President and lawyer Michael Cohen want the proceedings postponed for three months because of Cohen's own legal troubles in New York. Daniel's attorney says he'll argue against the delay, posting on Twitter that the American people deserve the truth as quickly as possible. Pittsburgh City and Allegheny County officials say the cleanup and repair from landslides and flooding in the area has caused millions of dollars in damage. County officials say they have a $12 million bill so far. The city has seen a $12 million bill uh, for the damages itself eclipsing what it had budgeted for this fiscal year. The Allegheny County Director of Emergency Management says it is unprecedented to have that much damage specifically linked to weather. County officials say they are hoping for help to come from the state and federal assistance as well. Sunday is Earth Day, and Wallet Hub says it is time to call out those doing a poor job of caring for the environment. Their report points the finger right at West Virginia. The state falls dead last on their list of the greenest U.S. states based on environmental quality, which includes air, water, and soil quality. Eco-friendly behaviors like energy consumption per capita and climate change contributions. West Virginia scored 25 out of a possible 100. The least green states after West Virginia, Louisiana, Kentucky, North Dakota, and Alabama. The most green states are Vermont, Oregon, Massachusetts, New York, and South Dakota, and I think we rank like 25th, so right in the middle. A new survey has found that women who watch the X-Files when they were younger are more likely to be in careers that involve the STEM subjects, science, technology, engineering, and math. They're calling it the the Scully effect after Mm X-Files character Dana Scully, played by Gillian Anderson. Since nearly two-thirds of the women surveyed who work in these fields admit Scully served as a role model. So parents, get your little girls watching reruns of the X-Files. I know it came back. Is it still on? I, I don't, don't know. know. You know, that that's one of those shows run or... that people are absolutely obsessed with that I just, I never got into. Yeah, me either. But apparently it's good for girls to, to go into this, the, right. the STEM careers. That's, that's the next uh, show we're going to watch. <laughs> Ever turns down sex with your significant other? And how did that go? Well, maybe you didn't say it in a nice way, because apparently if you're polite about it, it won't have any effect on your relationship. A study out of the University of Toronto found it's no problem to pass on sex if you use positive rejection. That's when you reassure your partner you still love them, you're still hot for them, you just don't want to get all grunty right now. Yeah, you're not get all grunty. (laughs) (laughs) In their study, they found that it worked whether it was a man or woman. Uh, rejecting sex. I'd like to offer you a vein check. Is that okay? <laughs> just a, a nut, let's let's reschedule this. I'm sorry, it's not you. It's me. We just had meatloaf. <laughs> Nick Cage is ready to change careers while promoting his new movie Primal in Puerto Rico. The Oscar winner told reporters, "Directing is something I look forward to down the road." And uh, he said, "Right now, 
just primarily a film performer, and he's going to do that for another three or four years, but that he wants to focus on directing. Cage hasn't had a hit since he voiced a character in the 2013 animated flick The Croods. He has appeared in nearly 100 movies, which I'm surprised it's not more than that for as long as he's been around. Uh, He did win an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas in 1996. In other movie news, the new Avengers movie is expected to break box office records when it debuts next week. A movie survey by the Wall Street Journal says Avengers Infinity War could unseat Star Wars The Force Awakens for the biggest opening of all time in the U.S. and Canada. The third Avengers movie has already sold over $50 million worth of advanced tickets. And the journal survey says nearly half of all moviegoers named Infinity Wars as their first choice among upcoming films which is a higher ranking than The Force Awakens got in 2015. Some opening night screenings for Infinity War already sold out, and some theaters adding overnight showings. I mean, so this, is, get in. this is just crazy. Any record at this point that's, ha- that, that's, that's holding, is it's, it's like a home run record in the steroid era in baseball. <laughs> right. Every single movie that comes out, they're like, well, this is going to be the biggest thing. Black Panther, Force Awakens. Infinity War, okay, until the next thing. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man, uh-oh. $50 million in advance tickets is That's crazy. pretty big, yeah. A Minnesota county attorney says the death of Prince two years ago is a tragic example that opioid addiction and overdose deaths do not discriminate. Carver County attorney Mark Metz announced yesterday that there is no reliable evidence surrounding the death to charge anyone criminally. Metz revealed Prince died from an overdose of the powerful drug fentanyl when he thought he was taking the lesser drug Vicodin. Metz said Prince was taking a counterfeit drug without his knowing, but police can't determine where the Vicodin laced with fentanyl came from. He said Prince suffered from pain for several years but had no known prescription for either drug. Prince died of an overdose of fentanyl in April. Two years ago, he was 57. Oh, is is fentanyl available in pill form? I always just thought for some reason that that was something you had to take intravenously. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently so. Yeah, that's that's wild. Sunny and breezy. Temperatures near 50 today. It's 27 at DVE. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. Mike Pursuta coming up with sports at the bottom of the hour. Sean Collier joins us in the 7 o'clock hour. A couple movie reviews of the new uh, Amy Schumer movie. And uh, Rory Scoville, who's uh, going to be involved with Comedy Fest this year. He's in that movie that opens today. Super Troopers 2 as well. So he'll have reviews of that. Joe Bartnick at 745. Tammy Pescatelli joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. She has a show coming up May 5th at the Strand Theater. You can get tickets at thestrandtheater.org. Will Graves from the Associated Press talking about the Penguins-Flyers game tonight at PPG Paints Arena, and hopefully the Penguins can wrap it up tonight. Mm-hmm. And the T.C. Davis Band in the uh, DVE, the Permanis DVE Coffeehouse in the Point Park University stage. And we have a pair of tickets to give away to Billy Gardell's show coming up November 17th at the Ben. Center. Big show to wrap up the week. Uh, it's the DVE morning show. I'll tell you one of the funniest bathroom stories I've ever had happen to me. I was one of the weeks that I had come home to watch a game, and I think uh, I think it was that week we went to the to the, I think we were at the Capitol Grill the night before, and it's food, 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 and then stadium food, 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 and I had to get back. It was the week that um, that I came in for the Jets playoff game, and then I had to cause a sick day at Mike and Molly, right? Because we had to shut Delay production, Bill can't talk. I, I, I couldn't talk, and I was sick. So I get on that 7.30 flight, which is the only nonstop back to Los Angeles, and I'm, it's United, and it's not a big plane. It's not the giant plane. 
It's like the mid-sized plane. It's like when your buddy picks you up in a Prius and you're a big guy. It's not easy. So <laughs> I'm up in first class, right? And the bathroom's not one of those bathrooms that's, let's say, tailored for a big man, right? <laughs> so we're hitting turbulence on the way home. And and I start to get sick. I start to like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I'm going to puke. Oh, God. Oh, no. And I'm trying to hold it in, and finally I just can't anymore. So I get up, and the plane's shaking, and I walk up to the, to the little tiny bathroom, and I open the door, and I know there's no way that my big ass is going to get on my knees and fit in this bathroom right. with the door shut. Yeah. And so I got the door open, and I'm standing there like John Candy. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I look at the first-class people, and I just shrug. And then I got on my knees, so half my ass is sticking up on the pilot thing. And I'm just letting loose in the bathroom. And then I just got up, shut the door, went right back to sleep in my seat. <laughs> oh, man. You're sitting on somebody's lap. Hold on a second. I go, oh. <laughs> I, just, I did, did. I just looked at them like, yeah. <laughs> DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Xfinity from Comcast. It is game five tonight. The Flyers at the Penguins, and the Pens have a chance to finish Philadelphia off in the Eastern Conference Final. Pittsburgh holding a three games to one lead in the series that resumes at. 7 o'clock tonight on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. Mike Sullivan, the Penn's head coach, uh, revealed yesterday that Patrick Hornquist will not play again tonight. In Game 5, Hornquist skated on his own yesterday prior to practice, but he is a no-go for the second consecutive game. But the Penguins, nonetheless, uh, poised to finish things off early in the first round. Evgeny Malkin knows uh, the significance of doing so. <laughs> it's huge, like it's very important for sure, like it's a couple extra day off, you know, like and uh, we have uh, experience before, like uh, we know like it's a uh, game four, it's like uh, most like tough game to win, but uh, we have experience, we have confidence right now and uh, we play at home, it's like best moment to win. And when he says game four, he means the fourth win. Mm-hmm. The The hockey cliche is that uh, at any level is that the, the last game, the elimination game is the toughest game to win because it's difficult to end a team's season. I'm going to go way out on a limb and say that doesn't really apply tonight because I think Philadelphia realized early in game four that its season was over. <laughs> and, and they uh, had an out-of-body experience for the rest of the game. You know, if they didn't, if the Flyers didn't buck up and uh, go down swinging the other night at home, why would they tonight? I think I think they know what's going on here. I think the Penguins know what's going on here. I think everybody who's watched this knows what's going on here. Crystal Tang would fall into that category. He knows how the Penguins uh, can continue tonight to keep doing what they've been doing and what the key to that will be. Well, I think it's going to be our start again. Uh, make sure we uh, we go out there and we play a 200-feet game and, uh, and we, we try to dictate right from the start. Yeah, it's working so far, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is. Another thing that has been working for the Penguins has been attention to detail and attention to playing defense. Mike Sullivan really appreciates that from his team through the first four. They, they have as good a transition game as there is. And, you know, they, they generate a lot from their blue line with uh, players like Gothisbear and, 
and Provorov. Um, they're they're good players, and uh, I give our players credit. I I think we're uh, we're we're making good decisions with the puck. I think we're we're working to get on the right side of the puck and on the right side of people when when the puck changes hands. Our transition from offense to defense has been uh, really good in the in this series so far, and that's an important aspect of winning at this time of year. Is is the recognition of uh, of making sure that w when the puck turns over and uh, you, you've got to you've got to recognize it and act on it and, and make sure that uh, that you're helping to defend. And if they keep doing that, uh, they're going to be a tough out. Uh, I think one of the reasons Philadelphia is not playing harder is that the Flyers are getting frustrated because the Penguins have been so constricting defensively. They're just not giving them very much. And even if they get if they get some shots, Murray's just stoning them. And then there's that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do the Andy Dufresne uh, crawl through a a, a mile long <laughs> pipe of excrement, and then <laughs> then you got Murray at the other end. Not not a nice clean. <laughs> river with the rain coming down to wash you right. off. It, it's nope. It's difficult. You know, people are having fun at the expense of Giroux and Voracek, and uh, these guys are good players. Uh, the Penguins are making them look like they're not. There is some offense. Yeah, I mean, Giroux had more points than Malkin or Crosby yeah. this year, and he's a minus seven in this series. Team defense, great goaltending, and then a smart, quick transition game. Uh, Philadelphia hasn't had an answer for that yet. And, uh, you know, maybe the Flyers will come up with one tonight, but uh, I'm guessing not. Penguins uh, and the Flyers tonight at 7, and maybe uh, the end of the first round and the end of the season. End of the first round for the Pens and the end of the season for Philadelphia. Last night, uh, the Bruins took a 3-1 to one lead on the Maple Leafs with a 3-1 to one victory. And, Bill, your uh, maximum misery theory continues. It didn't go overtime. Yeah. In Columbus last night, but the home team lost badly for, for the fourth consecutive game. Yeah, Four I'm to fine one. with that. The Caps uh, are now two two with Columbus when they went uh, to Ohio. Alex Ovechkin announced before Game Three, we're coming back to Washington Tide, and uh, the Caps have backed him up on that. That is a series again, boy. That looks like it's going seven. It's yeah, going it does. It's going at least six. Mm-hmm. So have at it, fellas. Right. <laughs> Take each other's. And it's uh, a little chippy. Take, oh man, they were fighting after every play. Take each other's heads off. Play some more overtimes. Do uh, that voodoo that you do so well. Uh, the Bruins, uh, as I mentioned, up three to one on Toronto. That's bad news for Toronto. Uh, it's the twenty-first time Boston has had a three games to one lead in a best of seven. The Bruins are eighteen and two in those series. Uh, there's your. Uh, First, Doc Emmerich, it's history, not prophecy of the day. <laughs> I like the historical trends. I'm not going to lie. No, it's... They're not guarantees, but uh, they are interesting. It's you know. how you can best predict what's going to happen. And I think, you know, based on the way Boston played in the first two games in that series, uh, it looked like it was going to be a short one. Uh, credit Toronto for bouncing back in game three and kind of circling the wagons at home. But uh, now the Leafs got to go back to Boston uh, facing an elimination game. Not looking good for Toronto. Uh, the other games tonight, in addition to the Penguins and the Flyers, uh, it'll be the same uh, grouping as we've seen. Uh, Minnesota is at Winnipeg, and Colorado is at Nashville. Pirates were in Philadelphia yesterday, and for the first time this season, it did not go well for Jamison Tyone. 
He lasts just one and two-thirds innings, four hits, five runs, all of them earned, two walks, and three strikeouts. The Bucks lose to the Phillies, and Jake Arrieta, seven to nothing. Pittsburgh winds up getting just two hits against three Philadelphia pitchers. Arietta went seven. Stop me if you've heard this before, Bill. Allowed one hit, no runs, walked two, and struck out ten. Yeah, I shut it off after the ninth batter that he struck out. I was like, <laughs> okay, I've seen enough. I figured you'd know where this one was headed. Yep. Uh, Bucks are in Philly again the rest of the weekend. It'll be Yvonne Nova against Ben Lively tonight at 7.05. 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, Stephen Brault against Aaron Nola. And then on Sunday afternoon, Trevor Williams against Nick Pavetta. Bucks uh, at the Phillies this weekend. They're still leading the NL Central Division at 12-7. and seven, uh, One and a half games better than St. Louis and Milwaukee. Last but not least, uh, the NFL uh, released everybody's schedule yesterday. The Steelers will open on September the 9th at Cleveland at 1 o'clock. They will close it off at Heinz Field uh, December the 30th against Cincinnati at 1 o'clock in between five primetime games. And in uh, two instances, they will play those uh, in succession. Hmm. September the 24th, that's a Monday night. Uh, the Steelers are at Tampa. That'll be followed by a Sunday night home game against Baltimore. Uh, November the 8th, that's a Thursday night. The Steelers will host Carolina. And then uh, the following Monday, they will be uh, a week from the following Monday, they will be at Jacksonville on November the 18th. Uh, they've also got a Sunday night game on December the 9th at Oakland. That one's significant because the game after Oakland is New England here on December the 16th. The Steelers get to play on the West Coast on a Sunday night and then come all the way back. Uh, Short week to play Belichick. Yeah, they will have spotted those A-holes several hours, I'm guessing. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't check New England's previous game. but uh, uh, that uh, Much like last year, uh, a December showdown with the Patriots. Uh, the Steelers also announced uh, the dates for the preseason games. Or the NFL, excuse me, announced the dates for the preseason games. August the 9th at Philadelphia, August the 16th at Green Bay, uh, August the 25th, Tennessee's here, and then August the 30th, the annual uh, preseason ender with Carolina. A lot of primetime games, but you know what? They're giving us back the uh, the holidays. Yeah, I'm kind of happy about that. I'm all right the, with that. After the last couple of years. I don't know how most people view that. If you're, if you're just a fan, do you like or not like having the Steelers play on your holiday? I like depends on how much you like your family, I guess. Right. <laughs> I liked I like the games. I like the uh the Thanksgiving games. Although there was a lot hanging on that Raven Steelers game. It was like if this goes bad, it it you know, yeah. might never see my family again. I think Thanksgiving personally is my favorite holiday just because there's no pressure. It's just You don't have to buy, do anything yeah. other than eat. You don't have to buy anybody anything. There's really no religious connotations. It's just food, booze, Let's and get football. together yeah. and watch uh, football, sleep, wake up, last, drink. Last year, uh, they played in Houston on Christmas, which meant that we traveled on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that and must have been brutal. I was in a hotel bar with three other guys in our traveling party, and there might have been two other people in that bar, three if you count the bartender. And it was this depressing as scenarios I've been involved in in a long, long time. Christmas Eve in Houston. The only thing that got us through it was the bartender didn't really want to be there either. 
And uh, we started doing shots because why wouldn't we? And she just came by every once in a while and refilled the glasses for no reason. Here, drink up, boys. This sucks, doesn't it? (laughs) Pretty decent day. A little peace on earth. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least you're this year. You won't have to suffer through that. Yeah, uh, I mean, not that it's about me, but uh, <laughs> you know, no, I think everybody appreciates well, that the Christmas it day screws game. Up your day. Yeah, the it, you know, um, the day after New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Because it's like, Mike, uh, you and I would always work the day after those holiday games, so I would be the jerk in the back room, away from everybody else watching the game. So you could, yeah. So I, we could talk about it the next day. Plus, I think Steeler games around here, they're kind of their own holiday. It's hard to combine it with anything, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little too much. You're sort of not, you're cheating both sides of it if you have to do that. But, uh, hey, you got to play uh, when they tell you against who they tell you at the time they tell you. That's, that's the way it goes. It's Hopefully m- the majority of quarterbacks will be hurt this year. That we have to face. Remember that last year? It was like we went on that run where every quarterback, we were just facing everybody's backup. That's sports. Thanks, Mike. When we come back, Joe Manganello, uh, Pittsburgher, he was on Conan O'Brien this week. And, of course, you know how much he loves to talk about Pittsburgh. So uh, we'll play a little bit of that when we come back. It's a DVE morning show. It's a DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. Randy enjoying uh, his last day of vacation. He'll be back on Monday, as far as we know. I hope he's relaxing. I hope to God he is, too, and not, like, doing tough mutters every day. <laughs> no, and... he's probably, I was just going to say, he entered a CrossFit right. competition. <laughs> Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Just, yeah, let your body recover, Randy. <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh's own Joe Manganello. It seems like every time a Pittsburgher goes on national television, they brag about Pittsburgh. Like I don't have see, to. I don't see that from other stars bragging about no. their hometowns. Must just be a unique thing to Pittsburgh. Yep, uh, it's, we know it's part of the Pittsburgh contract. We know you... that uh, Billy Gardell has done it many times. Oh God, yeah. And Joe Manganello has done it many times. He was on Conan O'Brien last night, and of course, he's married to the beautiful Sofia Vergara. And uh, he talked to Conan about bringing her back to Pittsburgh. Now, I, t- I took her and, and, and I said, because what happened like the year before I took her was that, well, Hillary Clinton was on her campaign trail. Yep. And she went to Primanti Brothers Sandwich, which is what you do when you go to Pittsburgh. And you her gotta, campaign people probably said, you got to go to Primanti Brothers. You got you to kiss the ring. You yeah. got to go, you know. Yeah. So she went and took a picture with the sandwich and didn't eat it. She left and didn't eat it. That was the rumor. Yeah. So I told Sophia, I said, I'm going to bring you to and then, Manny Brothers. you know, Pennsylvania was a crucial, that was a, cru- that was a crucial, are you saying the whole election could have been swung by her not eating a Manny Brothers sandwich? I'm saying we, we should look into it. <laughs> there, were, there were Russians listening in, don't worry, she didn't eat the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So what happened now? This so is a big I, test. For so I explained that to her. I said, listen, I'm going to take you here. You're going to order the sandwich. You got to eat it. You can't look at it. You have to eat it. This is my reputation. My face is on the wall. Like, we got to eat the sandwich. Yeah. And so they, she ordered her sandwich. They brought it over. And me and my mom was there. We were both looking wide-eyed. <laughs> right. And she picked up the sandwich. And she took the first bite. 
And she took another and another and another and just like down the sandwich in like 60 seconds. So she was like a velociraptor. <laughs> just did it, yes. She married well. Did. He did marry well. God, that would be like, that's like Pittsburgh pornography. <laughs> Watching <laughs> Sophia Vergari eat a permani sandwich. Oh, oh totally. my God. I wish I could have seen that. You know what? She can't be that cool. She can't. She's beautiful. Yeah, where's the drop-off? Right. What's her flaw? And she eats big sandwiches. Come on. Uh, well, so that uh, uh, that from the Conan O'Brien show, and we have the full clip of, of him on there talking about Pittsburgh. And He's great. You can and, find it on the morning show page at dve.com. Um, Seth Myers too, is another Pittsburgh guy who always talks about Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then whenever Joe Manganiello goes on that show, it's like... They should have Joe Pittsburgh party. and Billy on together. Oh, my God. That would be <laughs> awesome. Are they friends? Yeah. I think they're friendly. I don't know if they yeah. hang out a lot together, but I know. Remember when Billy did that recreation of Major League and oh, Sophia Vergara yes. played? Yes, that's right. What's that character's name? I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Serrano. Yeah. So I think that they may I, they may have met here. In Pittsburgh, Joe and Billy. That would be Yinzer Overload, (laughs) seeing them in the same room. That would be awesome. Uh, Billy coming to town. He's got a show on November uh, 17th, and that is coming up at the Benenum. Pre-sale tickets went on sale yesterday morning, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. He sold a ton of tickets. A ton of tickets. Regular uh, ticket sales this morning at 10 a.m. at trustarts.org. I would not wait around till yeah. later today Don't sleep to on get this. those tickets. And you know what? I saw. I just saw uh, me and Randy went to see Bill Burr. Uh, producer Joe was there, and we were sitting in the balcony. I loved it. I love sitting up in the balcony. I mean, yeah, anywhere you can get a seat in that show. is a good seat. Get it. Yeah. It's a beautiful theater. It's going to be an awesome night. Billy's bringing a special guest with him. He'll uh, likely announce that as we get closer to the show. So, again, Billy Gardell, that show at uh, the Benenum, November 17th. Get your tickets starting at 10 a.m. today at trustarts.org. We're going to give away a pair of tickets a little bit later this morning. So listen for your chance to win. Sean Collier on the way. He's got some movie reviews as well. And I'll have news next. It's the DVE Morning Show. Breeze at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. Former New York City Mayor. Mayor Rudy Giuliani is joining President Trump's legal defense team in the ongoing Russia intervent, uh, interference investigation. Giuliani says he hopes to bring the special counsel's investigation to an end within a week or two. The former federal prosecutor has been a close Trump ally for years. Today is the best day of the year for the cannabis community. It is 420. On this day, marijuana enthusiasts from around the nation and the world are celebrating. Some of the biggest celebrations in the U.S. are expected to happen in California and Colorado. San Francisco's 420 in the park is predicted to draw thousands to the Golden Gate Park. In Denver, the 420 rally with a concert featuring rapper 2 Chains will be free to the public. <laughs> in Washington, D.C., the National Cannabis Festival expected to have musical performances and education sessions. Seattle will be holding a variety of events, including a cannabis and sex for beginners workshop. Sex for beginners? Huh? Is, it, it, uh, is that two workshops or one? I yeah. think cannabis it's all and one. sex for yeah. beginners. I see. Uh, the Elite Cup 420 Festival will feature live music, infused lunches, and coffee shop tours in Amsterdam. 
In London, the annual London 420 rally will take place at Hyde Park to protest the cannabis, uh, the country's cannabis laws. And urban legends abound about the origin of this pot holiday. It's often attributed to the Waldos, a group of high school students in California who set out in 1971 to find a rumored pot patch planted by Coast Guardsmen. They reportedly met after school at 420 to search and get high, but never found the patch. How uncomfortable is that sex workshop for beginners? I wonder if they teach it like an improv (laughs) class. Where you have to do yes and. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody warm up. Let's play right. some zip zaps off to get limber. All right. Give it. Well, okay. We need a location for our first fornication. <laughs> uh, and also a job. Can somebody give us a job to do? <laughs> oh, I, that kind of job. All right. I see. I, I like that it's a cannabis slash sex work. That makes more sense to me. Because mm-hmm. if you're going at it while high, you don't want to be in the middle and be like, what were we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? Oh, Oh, okay. All right. Okay, yeah. We were infused. Yes. And people don't know this. On 420, Snoop Dogg is legally the president. He is. (laughs) Midnight to midnight. It's like the purge, but way chiller. (laughs) Do you work out to be fit or to eat? Or maybe you do both. both. A new British survey found almost 40% of women admit they exercise just so they can eat whatever they want. It is not just women, though. According to the survey, just over a third of men also admit they go to the gym mm-hmm. just so they can eat and drink their favorite things. Yeah, keep, probably... keep the belly at bay. <laughs> right. It's so funny, though. Like Serena and I kind of have been off the rails a little bit, and... She was like, I got to get some ice cream. So she went to like Trader <laughs> Joe's and got some chip witches and we had an extra one. And I definitely ate my share. Like, you know, she she had one left. Yeah. And she was out somewhere. And I said, listen, I just want you to know that there's one chip witch in the freezer and it's definitely yours. And this is a hard time for me right now. <laughs> and she was like, no, you can have it. I don't even want it. And I was like, what? Wow. Why? She was like, well, I have to be in a dress on Thursday or Friday. <laughs> so, you know, women think about that. Yeah, well, sure. They, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, fit into a dress seven weeks from now. So <laughs> I know, you can have that muffin. I know that I'm in a bit of a, uh, uh, a fitness rut because last night I set out to eat a small salad for dinner and ended up eating nachos for two <laughs> that happened? i walked into i walked in i was up at uh, uh in the north hills and i walked into the hello bistro you know it's like oh, i'm gonna get there's gonna be kale involved this is gonna be great sure and i was looking Play at the, safe i was looking at the menu and i thought yeah i just don't feel like a salad well, they got a turkey burger they got that's still a good choice i'm gonna get the turkey burger then i looked out the window and burgatory was across the street and I thought, well, if I'm going to get any kind of burger, <laughs> they're going to know how to do it a little bit better. Yeah. So I walked over to the burgatory, sat down. These burgers are a little more expensive. The nachos are cheaper. All right, give me the nachos. <laughs> oh Just God. sat eating nachos for 45 minutes alone on a, a night I wanted to go healthy. So That happens. Everywhere. What an epic ratcheting up yeah. of the bad decisions there. Going to be going to be running this I weekend. I just there's some there's a bunt cake place over by South Hills Village which I can't remember <laughs> the name of it. It's like all bunt all bunt <laughs> all, all bunt all day. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember the name of it but <laughs> baby like, got oh, bunt. <laughs> I heard about this place. I'm going to check it out. I bought Tons of three tiny bunt cakes. <laughs> really? I just can't. It's the weather.
Yeah. I can't. Yeah. This I is bunk weather. I can't be motivated <laughs> to eat a salad when it's freezing out. No. No, you can't. And I've definitely had that too where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And then just eat like an a-hole uh, till midnight. Or you eat real healthy and then you figure, I'm starving. I'm going to eat a yep. whole bunt cake because I ate barely anything all day. I always go back to like the, the other thing too is whenever I'm exercising a ton, like I'm training right now for the half marathon and it makes me so ravenous. That Serena used yeah. to make cookies, and she used to bake cookies, and then she'd keep like a big glob of cookie dough like in the freezer, and it would get so bad at certain points that I would like, <laughs> like a crazy scavenger, go down to the freezer and rip this thing out and and stand down there like Gollum and just <laughs> attack this it. thing, just eating a frozen chunk of sweetness. <laughs> I mean, if if there was bunt cakes around, I would have crushed. I'd have started juggling bunt cakes. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's just, it's so hard. I I yeah, want to start snacking it. while I'm working out, like <laughs> while I'm on the treadmill, so you can just right, you know work tummy. it off as you go. <laughs> Until you throw up Dorito dust all over <laughs> right, the yeah. treadmill yeah. next to you. A Florida woman was at least honest when she was pulled over by police and had to had to uh, tell them that uh, she stuffed her lady parts with a tire gauge she used to smoke crack cocaine. Whoa. Melissa K. Moneyhun was pulled over late last month for having a broken headlight on her Dodge Durango. And when the trooper approached, he noticed a small, uh, a strong smell of weed wafting out of the vehicle. When he started a search shortly thereafter, he found a used syringe in the pocket of Moneyhun's jean, jeans. And then he got her to admit to the additional contraband tucked into her most private of storage areas. Into her bunt. Right. The 32-year-old was transported to a nearby county jail where she produced the tire gauge from her genitals. And when tested, the tool did have a white substance on it that tested positive for cocaine. Oh, my God. In music news, now we know why Aerosmith backpedaled on calling last year's uh, Aero Vederci Baby Tour a farewell tour. It's because they're not done, Joe Perry telling Atlantic City Weekly. Quote, in 2019, we'll be closing in on our 50th anniversary, so we're planning some dates and a tour to celebrate that. Right now, we're pretty much laying low and finishing up some solo things before we start. Uh, That's a quote from Joe Perry. His next solo uh, outing is three dates as Joe Perry and friends. The friends are Aerosmith's Brad Whitford, Extreme and former Van Halen singer Gary Sharon, former Boston guitarist Barry Gaudreau, and Charlie Farron, singer and guitarist in the Joe Perry Project. Nancy Wilson isn't ready to give up on reuniting with her sister Anne to once again perform as Heart. Nancy recently took to Twitter to give fans hope that the sisters can work out their differences, writing... I believe Hart can make magic. She went on to write, she does believe Hart is not confined by the oldies, ending with, I hold out hope for Hart. Hart's last live appearance was in October 2016 in Louisiana. Now she can tour as Broken Heart. They they both (laughs) can. (laughs) There's now a place for fans of the movie Caddyshack to eat in Chicago. Bill Murray and his brothers opened the golf-themed sports bar this week. It's outfitted with memorabilia from his films and photos of his family and lots of references and quotes from the movie all over the walls. According to the New York Daily News article, the menu includes things like crispy potato golf balls, a Chicago blues burger, shack shrimp, the Spalding's hack salad, 
and the <laughs> pool water martini, complete with a Baby Ruth candy bar. Uh, this is their <laughs> nice. second restaurant. They've got one in St. Augustine, Florida as well. Don't order the groundhog. It's, it's groundhog <laughs> yeah. is what it is. Finally, Time Magazine has released its annual Time 100 list of the most uh, 100 most influential people in the world. Time selected Me Too founder Tarana Burke, tech- tennis pro Roger Federer, comic Tiffany Haddish, actresses Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Lopez, and Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella to grace one of six different covers of the issue, which it's newsstands today. Also among those making this year's list, Donald Trump, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, Sean Hannity, Robert Mueller, Kim Jong-un, Cardi B, Chadwick Boseman, Gal Gadot, Sterling K. Brown, J.J. Watt, Justin Trudeau, San Juan Mayor Carmen Yulin Cruz, and Millie Bobby Brown, which oh, yeah. is like one of those, one of these things is not like the others. She was just most, a 100 huge most star from that show. Yeah, I don't know about influential. Yeah. Fascinating, maybe, but influential? I don't know. Maybe I just am not influenced by her. (laughs) Sunny and breezy temperatures near 50 today. It's 28 at DVE. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. Sean Collier joining us now. A couple movie reviews, and one of them is uh, we've got a past DVE Comedy Fest performer and a future Comedy Fest performer. Yeah. That's right. Isn't that nice? Eventually, every movie will be like that if you do this long enough. I feel pretty uh, is is the movie in question, and and in a way that's really a throwback comedy premise in that it just takes a ridiculous twist and lets it ride. You know, if this came out in 1986, this definitely would have starred Bill Murray, right? Oh, definitely. Bill Murray plays a sad sack stockbroker, but when he drinks a magic potion mixed up by Martin Short, he thinks he's God's gift to women, right? And then it would have a like a, like a ridiculous title that sounds dirty even though it isn't, like Mule Kicks. It's a <laughs> wacky new comedy coming this fall. Donkey that, Punch. Now see in that theaters. Oh. I thought Donkey Punch, and that, that actually means something. Maybe yeah. Mule Kicks does. Don't tweet me if that means something <laughs> disturbing. That that brand of comedy has fallen out of favor a little bit. I think Rob Schneider killed it. I think that yeah, was the end of it. Yeah, that's a good call. Can I, by the, can I stop this to share a Rob Schneider anecdote? Yes. Uh, I, uh, I was just in New York, and they were advertising. I guess Adam Sandler is doing a couple stand-up dates. Which is a big deal. Which is yeah, not it's huge. Returning to it, he hasn't done it. But the the radio ad made a big deal of the fact that you're not just getting Adam Sandler, you're getting his opening act, Rob Schneider. And it's like, how? What? What is the actual breakdown of that set? Can I come in if I do thirty minutes late? Am I safe? How do I get Sandler without? If it's not him just running out on stage yelling, "You can do it!" That should be it then I'm going to be disappointed. That just, that bond must be severed one day. I just saw Sandler as another movie coming out on, on uh, Netflix. What was his deal for, like, five movies or yeah, something? I something think this like is that. his third, maybe. And it's the first thing. Uh, I started reviewing stuff that the Netflix exclusives a couple of months ago. This is the first one that I was like, can I see that? And they were like, yeah, no, no. We are not going oh, to allow. because it's that bad? And... Uh, they showed me the that Adam Devine one, which was r- the worst movie I saw this year. So if that's the wow. standard, whew, sorry. Anyway. Yeah, he's kind of like the white Tyler Perry. Uh, <laughs> makes awful movies that millions and millions of people see. 
Uh, and and Rob Schneider owes him quite a bit. In any case, we're talking about a, a better movie. I feel pretty. It's very much a throwback. Uh, Amy Schumer plays this woman with no confidence. She bumps her head and becomes convinced that she's the hottest woman on the planet. Normally, I would say, and hilarity ensues. But hilarity is not really what they're after. The movie is kind of just a serious earnest exploration of those circumstances which uh, yeah it's weird for a comedy about a woman becoming convinced she's a hottie after a mishap in a soul cycle class but this is a movie that has this philosophy about how confidence determines the course of our life and it has a lot to say about that and it says it fairly well which is a good thing i like this movie it's just weird if you come in expecting like shallow how yeah. And the commercials really imply that this movie is is shallow how. It it's a little bit of a bait and switch in the marketing, which I'm not which bothers me a little bit, but I think it's okay when you're just getting a more serious and thoughtful movie than you thought. Uh Amy Schumer, as you said, former DVE Comedy Festival headliner, she's good. This is the kind of thing that she does just right. Rory Scovel, currently of the DVE Comedy Festival. That's right. He's the 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 love interest, and he's really good. I didn't know that he was, you know, an actor with some chops. Um, in a, in all of his stand up bits, he does a lot of act outs. Yeah, and he's very pronounced in a lot of that stuff. He does voices and everything. Yeah. and I but I've never seen him in any kind of movie role. And he has some like straight man gags, but for the most part. He's he's just there to play the the ser- you know the 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 very earnest and and committed boyfriend and he absolutely nails it and of course there are a lot of other funny people in it as well. Ad Bryant, Sashir's Ameda, Dave Attell has a nice little part. One of the funniest people in it, maybe the funniest person in it, is Michelle Williams, the the lauded frequent nominee who was even good in that Christopher Plummer, Kevin Spacey thing. She's just good at everything. And she plays like a cosmetics executive and is hilarious, is maybe the funniest people in this cast. She's just that good. So, you know, see this movie if you want to. I know that's literally the laziest kind of review I can give, (laughs) but it's actually quite useful. Many movies are see it even if you don't want to, and way too many movies are don't see it even if you want to. So see it if you want to uh, actually applies here. And in fact, it applies to both of this weekend's movies. We also welcome Super Troopers 2 to the mix. Speaking of 420. Yeah, I wonder if there was some synergy in Mm. that release date. Uh, The original movie... That would have been as overquoted as Borat if more people had seen it. Uh, not a lot of people saw as much as it became a cult hit. That was like a dorm room movie that you watched with your buddies. That made For no sure. money at the box office at all. Um, and none of the other Broken Lizard uh, movies really did. They had to go to Indiegogo to get Super Troopers 2 made. Which worked. They raised more than $4 million on an Indiegogo campaign. The shock of that is Big Super Troopers fans have $4 million. <laughs> yeah. I did not think they had disposable income that didn't go to weed. That is a big, big shock. If you like Super Troopers, you'll like the second one. Almost completely identical to the original. There are punchlines recycled. In fact, they pull over Jim Gaffigan again. Like, they do <laughs> that whole thing again. That's not to say that there aren't some good bits in here. There are. Uh, I actually think it might be a touch better than the original, but I'm not a 
big, big fan of the original, so your mileage may vary on that opinion. I remember those guys did a weekend of the improv several yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah, and the that Broken when Lizard they were guys. in, they were talking about they were putting this plan together. This so has it been, took that long. I bet it was five years ago they were here. Easily, yeah. And, and this was in the works since the original. Wow. I like I the, at one point it it was it was going to be a prequel with their dads in the 70s and another point it was going to be a straight like the next day sequel. This is like the third iteration of it. The thing that works is they do sketch really well. And both the original and this one have a bunch of great sketches that are kind of tied together. So when they're in a bit, it works. Uh, uh, and when they're trying to move the plot, not so much. So again, if you want to go see it, you should see it. Should you be high to see it? It would not be morally responsible of me to actually recommend on the radio that you be high. So obviously I will not. Yes, yes, you should be high. Be high before you go. <laughs> go to the sex workshop. Yes. And then go see and Super then go Troopers see Super too. Troopers too. What a night. All right. Good reviews. Uh, Rory Scoville, uh, who is in I Feel Pretty, part of the DVE Comedy Fest this year. I'm a big fan of uh, Batman. I love all the recent uh, Batman movies, The Dark Knight being my favorite. Um, it's actually when I realized that Batman is kind of a jerk, though. Like, Commissioner Gordon is his friend. It's his ally. And yet still, he, he doesn't say goodbye when he leaves him. He ropes him into a conversation and then just disappears it's always something like, what do you think about this Harvey Dent guy? Well, I got to tell you what, Batman, I looked at the uh, files, and I think that... <laughs> Batman? Batman, you around the corner? Why do you do this? I'm an adult. Just say goodbye to me. We're friends. You know what it looks like when people see me talking to myself? Just yelling at... Oh, hey, Sarah. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Rory Scoville, part of the DVE Comedy Festival this year. It is sold out. June 29th is with Burt Kreischer, Brad Williams, Rory Scoville, Sarah Tiana, and our very own Bill Crawford, brought to us by SouthHillsAuto.com, Disaster Restoration Services, CW Electrical Services, and Don's Appliances, and a portion of the proceeds will benefit. It's about the Warrior Foundation. So again, DVE Comedy Festival sold out, but Billy Gardell not sold out. He did sell a ton of tickets yesterday in the pre-sale. Uh, but uh, the rest of the tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. today. You can find the link to get tickets at dve.com. It's the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Golden Oak Lending. It's the Flyers at the Penguins tonight, 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. Game 5 of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. The Pens have a three games to one lead, and they are in a position to eliminate Philadelphia and advance to the second round. If you're into uh, the symmetry of history, you might recall that the Penguins in their two Stanley Cup runs that preceded this season got through the first round in five games. They beat the Rangers two years ago, and they beat Columbus last year both in five, and that proved to be beneficial as it got a lot tougher from there, and uh, they were extended, particularly last year when they had to go seven games against the Caps yep. in round two and seven games and into double overtime of game seven against Ottawa. So it's nice to get uh, a quick one in if you can, when you can. Make short work of the first series for sure. Finish this it off. A grind a of a run. Put your feet up uh, on the couch and watch the uh, Capitals and Blue Jackets hack the crap out of each other <laughs> for maybe three more games. Uh, that's the plan, at least. The Penguins are in such a position again this year in no small part thanks to goaltender Matt Murray. 
He is uh, tied for second in the NHL postseason and wins with three. He's third in goals against at 1.27. He is fourth in save percentage at .948, and he's tied for first with two shutouts. Did he get banged up in practice yesterday? Nothing that he felt was uh, worth talking about. Okay. I know Jason Mackey was aggressively tweeting his every move at practice <laughs> yesterday. Well, the word was that he got bumped or something and uh, was a little shaken up going off the ice. Might have just caught a puck uh, where you don't want to catch a puck. I don't know. but uh, he In the head? He, or in the, the downstairs uh, that's, that's area? One possi- <laughs> that's one possibility. Which head? I'm like Heinz Ward. I'd take the head over the other option. <laughs> he said he was fine afterward, and uh, after that Penguins practice yesterday, Mike Sullivan got a chance to talk about his goaltender, or I should say he was asked to talk about his goaltender, uh, not just in terms of Murray's ability to stop the puck, but uh, in terms of Mil- Murray's ability to play the game and understand the game. Yeah, I, th- I think Matt's probably greatest strength is his his intellect and his ability to read plays. And, uh, you know, he, he tends to make difficult saves look routine sometimes because he reads plays extremely well, he anticipates, and he squares up the pucks. And uh, I, I believe that's one of Matt's strengths of his game. Um, I think as far as how he fits in with the rest of our group, I think, uh, you know, he's, he, he plays within himself as a goaltender, but he, but he does have the ability to help us in other areas. Uh, his, his handles when, when teams dump the puck in, are, uh, they're, they're efficient. Uh, you know, he doesn't try to do too much. Uh, he communicates well with our defensemen. Uh, so he helps us in, in that capacity as well. But I believe one of his one of his biggest strengths is his ability to to see the ice and read the plays, um, and that's what allows him to be the goaltender that he is. Yeah, I think that's the people that aren't huge Matt Murray fans. I think there's two reasons for that more than anything else. One, they're flurry fans, and that's just what they're going to be. Yeah, which fine if that's what you want to be, be that. And they were the, born that way, Mike. The second is, I think, that Murray makes it look so easy at times because of his anticipation that people just don't appreciate what he's doing. It, and he's a cool customer, man. He almost never loses his cool. He, he's just got ice running through the veins. Yeah. It's, uh, Mike Lang said he was born to be a goaltender with his, his temperament and his long arms and long legs. and So far, so good. Uh, Murray, the fastest goaltender in NHL history to 25 postseason wins wow he said yesterday that that's a cool stat but it's a pittsburgh penguins record murray uh it's not his record and if you want to compare what he's done uh, this year versus his uh historical track record uh i mentioned the goals against 1.27 that's better than his career playoff goals against of 1.88 and the save percentage of 0.948 is better than his career save percentage of 0.930 so he's just fine uh, he's got to be in their heads at this point. They're thinking, look, even if we get a bunch of uh, pucks at the net, they ain't going in. You know, I think you saw that, Bill. Uh, there was maybe a a snippet of that in that one stretch when the Flyers were pressing the other night in game four. And uh, Voracek got the puck, and he was in a great shooting position, and he tried a difficult cross-crease pass to raffle. And it ended up they didn't connect and they didn't get a shot out of it. 
Uh, a guy like Voracek, who's a point producer, right? usually when he gets the puck in that area, he's ripping it. And maybe trying that extra pass because you think you got to be perfect and you got to create the perfect play to beat this guy because he's so good. Uh, maybe that's what we saw there. And, uh, the, the opportunities are rare for Philadelphia when they, when they pass him up to try to create the perfect play. <laughs> Uh, that's not helping the situation. Penn's uh, looking to close out Philly tonight at the PPG Paints Arena. Boston beat Toronto 3-1 to last night to grab a three-games-to-one lead in that series, and the Capitals beat the Blue Jackets 4-1 to in Columbus. That series not tied at two games apiece after Washington had lost the first two games in overtime on home ice. Uh, in that Boston game, uh, David Pasternak had a couple of assists for the Bruins. Uh, that's his third multi-point game uh, in four tries this postseason. He has four goals, seven assists, and 11 points in four games. Uh, that ties for the the best four-game performance uh, since Wayne Gretzky came up with 15 points in 1987. Sidney Crosby had 11 points in the first four games in 2010. Uh, Patrick Eliash of the Devils did it in 2006. Peter Forsberg with the Avs in 1998. And Theo Fleury with the Flames in 1995. But uh, that is some uh, ridiculous point production. Oh, yeah. The pasta man's putting on a show. It's uh, interesting so far. It looks like there's a few guys that are just lighting it up. And there are some <laughs> goaltenders that just refuse to be beaten. Yep. So, Matt Murray, the flower. It's been more scoring than I thought I would see. Uh, in the first round, but uh, it makes for some exciting hockey. Pens and Flyers uh, tonight. Bucks lose to the Phillies seven to nothing. Jamison Tyone only lasted an inning and two thirds. His first bad start of the year. Jake Arrieta dominated the Buckos, who fall to twelve and seven. They've got uh, games in Philadelphia the rest of the weekend, including Ivan Nova against Ben Lively tonight at seven oh five. The Steelers. Schedule was announced yesterday, along with everybody else in the NFL. There are five primetime games. The Steelers are open on September the 9th at Cleveland at 1 o'clock. It finishes up in terms of the regular season on December the 30th at 1 o'clock against the Bengals. Steelers also made the cornerback Joe Hayden available to the media yesterday. Uh, they are, of course, looking for a free safety to replace Mike Mitchell and a new dime cornerback slash safety slash linebacker to replace William Gay. Both of those guys have uh, moved on. Joe Hayden talked yesterday about the uh, specific job requirements associated with both of those positions. At the free safety spot, we just need a guy that can, you know, say a short tackler, uh, be able to go sideline to sideline, um, being over top of the corners, being able to just be the blanket over the defense. If anything breaks, you know what I'm saying, it's a 20-yard gain and not a 50-yard gain. You know what I'm saying, being able to be, if they do break the tackles through us and they do happen to run the ball through there, they can get, be able to get them down. And with the dime, somebody that's very smart, can blitz, um, can cover, knows the defense very well. And with Cam, or with Cam Sutton, and with uh, Mike Hilton, and with the, the body types and people that we have in there, we have a lot of guys that we know can cover the third receiver, cover the tight end, and do that. So with those two things, man, we'll be, we'll be solid. Yeah, I think there's going to be a couple more body types added in the draft next week into that secondary mm-hmm. mix. But uh, Hayden was also asked yesterday, yesterday about the potential for Sean Davis to maybe move from strong safety to free safety. We haven't really talked about who's and who's and what positions yet. So, um, 
Sean, I think he could definitely be a free safety. Though. I mean, he's the dude I can see definitely being able to cover silent, silent in this tackling. Um, he's going to be able to get people down. I think Sean Davis is a more potential free safety than Morgan Burnett, who's the guy they signed from Green Bay, who's more of a near-the-line-of-scrimmage type of player. They have options, Bill. They do. They don't have anything figured out yet, but they have options. I'm interested to see what they do in the draft because I think they're going to add a, a piece that's going to contribute this year. Yeah, they better. They have to. Maybe maybe a couple. This might be back going back to a couple years ago when they drafted – uh, Sean Davis second, Artie Burns first, and Javon Hargrave third. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, made no bones about, hey, these guys got to contribute if not start. They got to be in the mix. And they did. And they were. See if they can uh, dial that up again. That's uh, DVE Sports, Valerie. Thanks, Mike. Joe Bartnick joins us when we return. It's the DVE Morning Show. Day. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman on vacation. Enjoying uh, 420 today, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I just I just realized that. Joining us now from, I believe he's in New York City, Joe Bartnick. How are you this morning, Joe? I'm doing fantastic, Val. How are, are you, you and Bill doing? We're good. Oh, we're Mike's great. here. Sean Collier's here. Are you uh, Are you in New York City? Yes, I'm in, I'm in New York right now. Are you coming in for the game tonight? No, I got some shows tonight. I, 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 the great thing is, is I'm nine and zero in this bar and health kitchen. So knock on wood, it that's good. Be a victory. And the last game you went to, the Penguins got crushed. Yeah, that was the good one. The, the game before was fantastic. Game one was fantastic, but game two was not so much fun. So. Yeah. It wasn't fun, Joe. But the last time I talked to you was in the Lexus Club after that game, and I think you and I were both pretty much on the same page. Frustrating game two, but. No reason not to think the Penguins were going to take care of business moving forward, as Sullivan likes to say. So I assume uh, you think they're poised to strike tonight, and this is over tonight. Yeah, I, I think the uh, foot is on the neck. I mean, I don't know if you saw what I saw, but it looked to me just like the Flyers flat out quit. Yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they'll probably come out and maybe have a strong first five or six minutes. We'll have Murray make that one or two big saves. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Sid and Gino uh, fire it up, get a goal, and then it's over. What do you like most about uh, the way the Pens have played the first four, Joe? I like how they literally turn the switch on. I've enjoyed their commitment to defense. Their their back-checking has been amazing, you know, led by Haglund and Russ. And I like how the, the defense has not jumped up constantly and Latang looks like Latang of a couple of years ago because he's actually playing defense. And I think I I, I don't know what what you think, but I, I think that uh, Dumoulin has been just a a rock in this series. Dumoulin has played amazing. Uh, you know, love the guy. What what a solid number two defenseman. What a great top pairing defenseman. Gets it done. He's stepping in the offense at the right times as well. And I think, you know, Ole Mata has really come around to, to the form everyone wanted him. You know, the kids battled so many injuries and, and cancer. And uh, he's another guy that really strikes me as having a, playing great right now. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because uh, Billy Crawford was talking about that kind of the last third of the season, how Mata had quietly really had a solid year and he'd been there every night. And there was such high expectation for that guy when he arrived, and 
it took them so long to get there. Uh, I think maybe people started to assume maybe it wasn't going to happen, but he does really look like the guy they envisioned all along now, doesn't he? He really does, and he's actually more physical than he's ever been, too. He seems like he's playing the body a lot, getting getting rough in there. I think the problem with Mata is is that he is slow every now and then or gets flat-footed. So when he makes a mistake, you can really notice it, and everybody sees it. But most 98% of the time, he's steady as can be. Joe, uh, I, I was listening to Madden yesterday, and he had Dan Rosen from NHL.com on, and he said that the Kessel goal in in Game 4 changed the series given the flyer surge just before and the, the quit that looked like happened just after. Would, do, would you agree with that assessment? You think it was that big of a deal? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, that was the dagger. Because you, if you look at it, you know, the Penn's power play didn't look that good. All of a sudden, you know, Sid and Gino hook up, and it's like, okay, well, the big boys are the big boys. But then they put on a relentless pressure for about a minute and a half. It seemed like forever. And then when all of a sudden Gino and Phil flip over the boards, boom, they come down. Gino makes a ridiculously saucy pass, I think, through three people. <laughs> and then Phil, even though he's banged up, just buries it enough through their weak goaltender. I mean, it was like a pinball machine between his legs, you know, and it, it had to sink him, and it did. It was, you know, then I think they had a chance, because I believe Kopechny, I came out of the box, old Claude Lemieux style came down, and Murray slammed the door. And I think anytime you see your goaltender not making any saves, and then Murray just <laughs> stopping everything, it, it, it has to kill you psychologically. Well, if the Penguins win it tonight, then they could have a decent rest because the Columbus-Washington series will go at least six games. So they have Saturday, Monday. If it goes seven, that's next Wednesday. So the next series wouldn't start until at least Friday or Saturday, right? Yeah, actually, is it uh, it'd be Sunday, Tuesday, the next couple, right? Oh, is it that far? So that it potentially over could, a week. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Over a week. Um, well, that, Joe Bartnick. That would be awesome. Uh, let's get a win tonight and finish them off, right? Absolutely. I don't need this to go till Sunday. I have things to do this weekend. <laughs> now, are you... Go to Hell's was, Kitchen tonight, Joe. <laughs> I was going to say thanks for getting up early, but have you gone to bed yet? Oh, yes. When I'm on the East Coast, I can get up and do the radio show. But when I'm on the West Coast, I just stay up. You just stay up all night. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk to you next round. Oh, uh, Hopefully, it's... I mean, knock on wood. I, don't, I never count my chickens before, but let, let's just get it one tonight. and then we Go ahead and count them, Joe. You got, you got four of them. <laughs> <laughs> one got away but you got four of them right on thanks joe uh penguins Thank at home guys. tonight at ppg paints arena big screen gonna be back up for the game tonight uh gold's out two chickens uh gold out for tonight's game so if you're going to the game you'll get the gold t-shirt and the towel as well they've got the coors light party tent a dj outside near the mario lemieux statue the statue they're gonna have the food truck set up along Center Avenue, and then outside the Verizon Gate, fans can uh, put their hockey skills to death. So lots of uh, festivities outside before the game, and you can watch the game there outside. It's going to be cold today, but beautiful. No precipitation expected. So If you show enough skill, they might actually let you play goalie for the Flyers. <laughs> Sober fans with if the hockey skills. If you show skills. too much, they won't know. <laughs> what yeah. to do with that? <laughs> just don't think you can go down there on your eighth Molson and someone's going to hand you a stick. Let, it'll just be reasonable down there tonight.
Tammy Pescatelli joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. She has a show May 5th at the Strand Theater. Will Graves from the Associated Press joins us at 8.45 to talk Penguins Flyers and the T.C. Davis Band on the Point Park University stage in the Permanis uh, DVE Coffee House. It's a DVE morning show. Difference. DVE Sports. Congratulations to Jim and Butler. He was the winner of our Billy Gardell tickets and to Heidi and Baden, who won the tickets to see Tammy Pescatelli coming up May 5th at the Strand Theater in Zelianople. Awesome. You Thank buy, you. We'll you want to buy some. those tickets? Go to our website, dve.com. You can find the link. And you want to buy those tickets. Yeah, you go. Don't wanna, you don't want to miss Tammy. When you she's better in buy those tickets. <laughs> it's a couple weeks away, so. Penguins uh, getting ready to take on the Flyers tonight at PPG Paints Arena, 7 o'clock. On your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X, Pittsburgh in a position to eliminate Philadelphia in five games. Uh, one of the reasons why, and we've heard head coach Mike Sullivan discuss this in detail today, has been the Penguins' ability to quickly transition from offense to defense. When things go awry on the rush, they're able to get back and defend and be in position and not give up many quality scoring opportunities. But uh, the Penguins are also winning the transition game the other way when when things flip from defense to offense, Pittsburgh has been pouncing. Our top players, I think, are playing extremely well, um, and you know they're 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 a dangerous group as well. I you know I believe our team is is uh, can score with with any team in the league, and and they've shown that ability. You know we we have a a similar quick strike offense, uh, just like the Flyers do, and, and we've been able to take advantage of. Of some, uh, you know, some transition opportunities, and but uh, certainly I give our players a lot of credit. To this point, they've they've played extremely hard. Yeah, and the Penguins are winning both blue lines in the neutral zone, and that is just incredibly huge. Uh, you do that, everything else has a habit of falling into place. Uh, it's fallen into place for goalie Matt Murray to the tune of 25 wins in 36 career postseason games. That is an NHL record. Uh, Murray talked about that yesterday, but uh, as you might expect, didn't have much to say about it. Yeah, you know, it's a cool, cool stat, cool number, but that's a that's a Pittsburgh Penguins record, not a not a personal record. <laughs> now that's you know he he's, he makes a point, and Matt Murray doesn't like to talk about himself or these kind of things, but that's an NHL record. Uh, the previous mark was thirty-seven games. Uh, five players had done that, and they're all in the Hall of Fame. Grant Fuhr, Patrick Waugh, Jerry Cheevers, Terry Sawchuk, and Bill Dernan, who was the goalie for the Canadians in the 40s. Uh, you know, Matt Murray doesn't uh, bask in that kind of stuff. But compare and contrast Murray's reaction to his own success, which he insists is team success. Now give a listen to uh, Matt Murray's thoughts on Sidney Crosby passing Mario Lemieux and setting the Penguins' uh, all-time playoff scoring record. Yeah, that's that's really cool to be a part of. Um, you know, for me personally, getting getting to be in this room with Sid every day is, you know, something truly special and something I don't take for granted. You know, all these guys were very, very lucky to to share the same room with, with these guys. So, um, obviously, Mario is one of the greatest of all time, and so to to see Sid pass that, it's uh, it's very special to be a part of that for sure. He's he's more excited for Sidney Crosby than yeah. he is himself. Do you have the audio expound about others? Do you have the audio of Sid yesterday t- saying what Mario said about? Oh, when he told him, but what took you so long? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a good line. <laughs> Do you think that the young guys, like I saw um, on the bench, 
Wednesday night. I think it was Dominic Simone that was talking to Sid. Do you think those guys are intimidated at all playing by Sid or that Sid's so welcoming and Yeah, everybody that's come in and- the last X number of years, uh, and not just young guys, but even veterans that come from other teams via trade or if they get picked up on waivers, uh, everybody talks about the Penguins locker room being welcoming and, yep. and, and they try not to make it intimidating and they realize uh, Sullivan's talked about this as well. Crosby, Malk, and some of these names, it, mm-hmm. could, it could potentially be intimidating, so they go out of their way not to make it yeah. that way. And one of the reasons they do that mm-hmm. is they know that anybody that comes in there, they're going to need them at some point. Right. So they want them feeling as comfortable as possible, as quickly as possible, so that they're able to do what you know what they were brought in to do. I think Dumoulin plays a big part in that. He's the locker room DJ. It's always nice to have tunes on. You know what I mean? If you walk in and there's Hall & Oates playing... It's maybe not as intimidating. You're a rich girl. <laughs> they, I mean, they they play those songs after every game. It's it's just hilarious. They got the Steeler helmet thing this year that they're doing for the person that has a good game. It's just it's a fun place. Tell me, I can't score on Hall and Oates. Play Man Eater. I'm going to have a three point game. <laughs> That's Come right. on. Do they have a set playlist, or does it change every? I don't game? know. I have no idea. That's not. I would my love area. to. I'd love That's to. That's not he- my area. I'd love to hear what they have on the playlist. Well, Crawford, why don't you get out there next week and I will. investigate get a that press story? Pass. That's that's the type of stuff I want to go dig yeah, on. We need that's to, we that's need Geraldo to... level <laughs> vault stuff right, right there. That's... Al Capone's vault. <laughs> no, but Crosby, back to your point. I mean, Crosby is just one of the most accessible superstars in the game, easily. Yeah, and you know, I I don't cover other teams regularly, so I'm not aware of what their environments are like, but. The, I know the Penguins, uh, they they are really appreciative of the culture they've created, and they think it's a big reason why they're having the success they're having. Probably is, yeah. And a, and a great person to bridge that gap between young players and the superstars is a guy that coached the baby Pens. You know, Sullivan coming up here, he, he knows what those guys did. He knows what they're capable of. He knows their strengths, and he knows the superstars and can manage them. It's just it's a perfect scenario. So far. Eight, eight series up, eight series down, and the Penguins are one win away from winning their ninth consecutive postseason series under Mike Sullivan. Pirates got beat 7 to nothing yesterday in Philadelphia. Jamison Tyone uh, smacked around for the first time in 2018. He only lasted uh, an inning and two-thirds. Jake Arrieta did what he has uh, often done to the Pirates. Not all the time, but most of the time he dominates, and he did last night. Seven innings pitched, just one hit allowed. No runs, two walks, ten strikeouts. Pirates will try it again in Philly tonight. Ivan Nova against Ben Lively. Uh, the Steelers' schedule was announced yesterday along with the rest of the NFL. Tammy, we'll see you September the 9th in Cleveland, 1 o'clock. Because I'm coaching. Down by the lake. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn, damn it. I tried to get out of it. Let's get together in the parking lot. Let's have a few drinks. It's, it's so like hard. the Israeli army, like you have to serve. Uh, yeah, you have to. It's my seasons. turn. I've tried. I've turned it down for three years in a row. <laughs> Finally, they just will not let up. Remarkably, uh, I know a lot of people were awaiting the schedule announcement last night, the league-wide schedule announcement with great anticipation. Remarkably, Val, there are eight home games and eight road games. Huh, how about that? So they got that going for them. And uh, the Steelers going to have to play all of them without inside linebacker Ryan Shazier this season. Joe Hayden uh, talked about that yesterday as requiring a collective effort. 
Uh, it's going to be a big loss for us, you know, man. And having a guy like him with, with that much speed, with that much knowledge of the game, uh, you can get from sideline to sideline. I think the biggest thing is, like I said, I keep saying it, is, uh, is discipline. We have to be able to be on the same page and just not and just not uh, have food bars or not have bust on defense. If we have bust, then that's going that's going to be the reason why we get beat. If we just have a man on the man, everybody knows who they have, then uh, I think we'll be good to go. Can't have food bars. What's food bars? You know what it is. Are you actually asking? F. Go uh, um, go watch Private Ryan. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Come on, it's, Bill. That's like me yeah. not knowing what the eggplant is. Oh, well, they, yeah. Well, Giant Eagle doesn't know either because they have them on their doors. And all these all these young girls are standing there. They have like these stickers oh, really? on it. Like, oh, in so, like they have grapes and apples and, and bananas. And then there's an eggplant and there's like... A bunch of 14-year-old girls taking selfies oh out front by the eggplant. Do they have grapes next to the eggplant? <laughs> they should no, move it's, it. It's two of the baseballs. That's what it is. <laughs> Kiwis. Kiwis. <laughs> a couple uh, avocados. One other topic addressed oh, by Joe Hayden checks. yesterday was uh, the protracted contract dispute between running back Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers. Uh, yeah, that's really not my lane. You know, um, with Le'Veon, he's just so talented. He has so much to bring to the table. Um, I felt like he's been the best running back in the league for the past four years. When I was playing in Cleveland, anybody ever asked me, I would always say Le'Veon Bell. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It's the business side of the game. But as far as his individual talent, it's just, he's amazing. Yeah, and that's the standard veteran reaction when a guy wants money. Yeah, no, sure. Nobody ever says he shouldn't be trying to get every dime he can get. No, I mean, listen, it is it, the whole town shuts down because of the Steelers. I, I mean, they don't even do comedy shows on, <laughs> on Steeler home games. You know what I mean? People don't even want to laugh <laughs> when the Steelers are playing. I can't so mix the you two. Can't get mad. You There's can't a get game mad. today. Right. I always wonder any time that I'm, if I happen to be in the car listening to the beginning of the game or whatever, I wait, and people I see out mowing the grass or whatever, I'm like, what? why aren't you watching or listening to the game? It amazes me when they show shots of the stadium from the blimp uh-huh. during the game, and there'll be cars. You'll see a few cars drive. I'm like, why aren't those people watching Lord the game? Right, yeah. What's wrong with them? Well, they're time to shut it down. People who are cheating on their spouses that are at the <laughs> game. <laughs> people That's that are committing crimes. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the Steeler game, honey. I'll be back in about tomorrow. Seven hours. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Mike. Will Graves is going to join us when we come back. He'll talk about the Penguins-Flyers game tonight. And we have the T.C. Davis Band in the Primanti's DVE Coffee House on the Point Park University stage. That's all coming up. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, Sean Collier, and Tammy Pescatelli in studio with us this morning. Joining us now, Will Graves of the Associated Press. Good morning, Will. Thanks for joining us. No problem, guys. So, uh, Peng- Penguins going to wrap it up tonight, you think? Uh, maybe. I mean, as good as they've been the last couple of years, they've lost five times in closeout games when they had a chance to close guys out. I mean, they were up 3-1 on the Caps last year. They were up 3-2 on Ottawa last year. So, I mean, the good news is they're, they're going to get it done. There's a chance that they lose tonight. I mean, I'm not going to say – I'd say it's probable they win just because Philly looks like they have no clue. Have zero answers for what the pens throw it out. If if Couturier does play tonight, because um, they haven't said one way or the other, does that make a big enough difference for them? Not really. I mean, 
this is just sort of the oddest series. I mean, you know, even Derek Broussard said yesterday, it's just weird the way these games have gone. I mean, I, I looked it up yesterday. Every game in this series decided by four goals or more. The other seven series combined have had four games decided by four goals or more. It's just very odd. You think we're kind of due for a close one? But, I mean, to be honest with you, all year they, they haven't played close games. So I don't think Couturier, whether he plays or not, is going to be, you know, he's not going to Willis read this thing and score a goal with one knee and, and, get the, and get the Flyers back in it. I just don't see it happening. You, you think uh, he knows who Willis Reed is? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you expecting to, uh, to see Elliott in net tonight? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe Hextall should just go in there. I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, for he sounded like a guy that was itching to play yesterday. If you, if you got a chance to see what he said, um, you know, he said the goaltending has got to be better. Well, you kind of need good goaltenders to have better goaltending, and I, I just, <laughs> they just, they, I mean, they just sort of they say all the right things, like you know, we can't take stupid penalties, and we've got to be disciplined, and you know, we've got to, uh, you know, not get caught up in playing the Penguins game, and then they get on the ice and they forget. I mean, that's what seems to be happening with those guys. Well, before the playoffs began, did you identify, I don't know, a couple, three areas of the Penguins game where you weren't maybe sure how they were going to respond? And what have you seen through four games in those areas? Well, you know, I always say this with these guys, and let's remember I grew up in D.C. as a Caps fan, okay? By the way, I'm rooting hard for Columbus because I just think it would be the most Caps thing to, like, come back 2-0 from down 2-0 just to get their brains, you know, their souls crushed by the Penguins once again. Um, You know, it would be like maybe the most Caps thing ever. So I'm sort of hoping Columbus pulls that out. Uh, But I would say in response to that, the Penguins, look, they deserve every last shred of the benefit of the doubt. Uh, But are you worried a little bit about the penalty kill? Yeah, because it's only been good in spurts. Are you worried a little bit about, and you saw a little bit of this in game two, sort of, a little too one-on-four. I mean, I think that was the biggest problem in game two. They just – all the zone entry stuff. It looked like Gino thought, well, since I walked through everybody in game one, I'm going to walk through everybody in game two. From, at times, they can get caught up in that. But at least with this matchup, they seem to have flipped the switch. And, and they just – I mean, game four was such a responsibly played hockey game. I mean, it was a clinic. It was, it was 60 minutes of this is how you win in the playoffs and crush somebody's spirit. And – so until further notice, I mean, the king is still the king, right? So uh, I just think these guys kind of they kind of know how to win. I mean, even as I sit here and point out, oh, they've lost, you know, I think five times in the last two years when they've had chances to close out a series. They still ended up winning the series. So it's kind of I mean, you guys remain firmly entrenched with your first world problems in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, you're complaining about your other other bench. All right, if, if, if you're the Penguins. So. And, boy, that's a phrase we've heard a ton. The Penguins just flip the switch in the playoffs. I mean, we've heard a lot uh, of people say that. And, it's, and I think Sullivan's got something to do with that. I think sort of the, you know, the maturity of guys like Sid and, and, and Gino and, and those guys. Just, and Matt Murray has been fantastic. Um, it's so funny, like on Twitter the other day, it became a thing, like the, the Murray and Flurry thing got revived because they both had shutouts. And I'm like, <laughs> can't we just be, ha- I mean, like it worked out for everybody. I mean, can't you just, can't, can't Murray be good and Flurry be good? And, and you don't have to pick a side here. Oh no, one of them <laughs> nope. has to, one of them has to be the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> has to be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just sort of, it's sort of baffling. I'm like, 
it's a well, you know, if if Flower had stayed, only one of them is going to get to play on a given night. What do you want? One, I mean, I think does Flower love Pittsburgh? Yeah, but does Flower love playing more? Yes. So let the guy go and, and finish his career. And I, and I think really that Sullivan has given them, and this is what they wanted the day they hire him. He has given them an edge. There is a not a, an abrasive edge like torts or anything like that, but just sort of like a, he has he he's a killer. I mean, I just think there's something about him, a bluntness uh, about his approach that the players have responded to. He has disciplined them when required in terms of kind of getting them to snap to and you know a sully isn't you know play the right way or get to our game or whatever. But they do it. You know when he complains that they don't shoot enough, the next game they shoot more. You know, when he says stop trying to pass the puck in the net, they become more aggressive. And I just think guys, you know, have he, – he's pushed all the right buttons. I mean, even flipping the lines up in game three, I, I'm, that was 99% sure that was just to get Phil started. I mean, what do you know? The next game, Phil scores a goal. So. It really is. It's a remarkable point, and I've been trying to figure out what it exactly it is about him that works as well. I don't know if it's because he's kind of a loud guy. Uh, he sort of got that tough guy look, you know, like you don't maybe want to mess with him. He's like a quiet loud, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, he's I just, just he carries does, that. Yeah. He's got a presence. He, he, yeah, he, he does. And I mean, and I think, and I, I remember the day that he took over the first practice. Okay, I mean, he you could hear him, and it wasn't subtle. It was, you know, basically on the ice at PPG, not yelling at his guys, but he has such a presence. And Mike Johnston who probably was a very nice guy and a smart hockey guy, but just could not handle, I guess, in some ways, the egos that were in his presence, right? And I think Sullivan does not care. I, I really, I truly believe that. I truly believe that he is more so than Dan Biles, and certainly more so than Mike Johnson. He is, and Tarion has an ability to sort of look at his roster, and he just, I mean, this is a guy that was a grinder. You know, I mean, this is a guy that spent a decade in the league you know, having to work for every single thing that he got because he wasn't the most gifted player. And now he's in here with these gifted players, and he's basically saying, hey, be accountable for your own talent. Be accountable to your own teammates. And I think that guys have bought into that. And, you know, he it's, – uh, it's, it's, it's funny because, what, when Dan got fired, they had blown that 3-1 lead to the Rangers, and we were like, man, are these guys ever going to get it together? And now – it, and we, let's take a minute to appreciate this. If the Penguins win this series, they will have gotten as far as any team that has been trying to three-peat since those 83 Islanders. As far as Mario, as far as Iserman, as far as Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier, they will have gotten as far as anybody. And in this day and age with salary cap and, all, and the way the game has changed, that is remarkable. And I think just relax. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> I, I do think there is some sanity coming through. I had a buddy of mine. Look, I, I'm going to be selfish here. I coach my kid's little league team. Uh, he's only going to be eight and nine one, you know, once in his life. The Penguins sort of ruin it for me a little bit just because I've got to work a lot. Uh, the flip side of that is, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day, and I was sort of complaining about this. He said, well, I'm, if we don't win the Cup, I'll live, but we just can't lose the Flyers. <laughs> and and I, think that, I think I think – I think Penns fans would, you know, if they play Columbus or even the Caps, I think even they, I think even Penguins fans feel a little bit sorry for the Caps. Nah, they're going to revise that next round. They're going to lose to OVU. <laughs> oh, I just hope they. I, I, I don't. I don't want it. I, I go, 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 Bob, go Jackets. I, I cannot personally because it just people get dumb. Like this series has been not that as dumb as I thought it would be. 
in terms of just the the off you know the the, the outside the line extracurricular stuff the right there, this is but I just worry that you know one shot in the cap series and all bets are off and that sucks. Well, the Caps Blues series is definitely chippy. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, or I mean, look, you Blue Jackets. Sorry. You know, yeah, you got a guy that's. I mean, you know, I, I read in the Washington Post the other day that you know for Trotz needs to make the conference finals and make a serious push to get to the cup to, to keep his job. And, you know, the one thing that I can say this as a fan of the Caps, for, you know, not, not anymore, but when, especially when I was young, when Mario was ruining my spring every year, like they've never, I would never say they have a ton of heart. Okay. Uh, it's pretty impressive that they sort of have picked themselves up. I think Ovechkin even said before game, game three, uh, I'm looking forward to when we get back to DC and it's two, two, and it actually happened. Um, that being said, you know, they, I mean, you cannot think that if they, they get on the ice against the, the Penguins and the first time something doesn't go their way, they're not just going to fall like a house of cards. And that, that part of that is history. And part of it is the Penguins, when they're, when they pay attention, uh, which, you know, they didn't during the, the regular season, look, they can, they can sure cut all they want. They were bored. They were bored. They were not engaged. When they got engaged, they were good. And they were like, I mean, you know, I remember very vividly, I wrote a story about this a couple weeks ago. Gino said in January, they beat the Sharks, what, 5-2, something like that. And he goes, it's good, we didn't play off now for sure. <laughs> and there's still like two and a half months to go, but yeah. like they did just enough to kind of get it going. Yeah, he was telling you they're the going to start come. trying again. Right, and then the playoffs come, and then it's like, okay, let's go do this. I mean, it's, it's I mean, guys, it's really impressive. It, it's, 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 it's sort of, you know, I, I mean, I just sort of like – how spoiled the folks here are. And I think there is maybe a growing appreciation for it, but I mean, it's, it is pretty impressive. And the worst part is the guys like they're good dudes for the most part. I mean, they really are. They, they are like normal human beings, um, which, you know, if I was the rest of the NHL, I would hate the penguins. I would just hate them. <laughs> a lot of them. Cause do. like they, you can't even root against them. Cause they're just, I mean, they're just good. You cannot watch them play sometimes and go, my God, how lucky we are to, to be to get to watch some of these guys do what they do for a living. So. Yeah, great stuff, Will. Thanks, man. Will Graves no problem, from the Associated Press. Follow him on Twitter at Will Graves AP. Thanks so much, Will. Uh, I give up him next. so much credit for acknowledging his uh, Virginia D.C. upbringing. And, <laughs> yeah, this, and is gonna be, this is going to be tough for him yeah. to watch this series. That's courageous, though, that he faces it like mm-hmm. you know the way he does. Head on. I have news coming up next and in the coffee house this morning, the TC Davis Bandits DVE morning show. 30 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The public is being invited to pay their respects to the late Barbara Bush, the former first lady, wife of President George H.W. Bush and mother of President George W. Bush. Died Tuesday at the age of 92. Mrs. Bush will lie in repose today at St. Martin's Church in Houston. Her funeral will take place Saturday at that same church. Funeral service is by invitation only. The former First Lady will be buried on the grounds of the Bush Presidential Library at Texas A&M University. The couple's late daughter, Robin, is also buried there. I'm sorry. She must have went downhill quickly. Because at the inauguration, mm-hmm. it looked like the husband, the the, the oh, former yeah. president, mm-hmm. was George H. W. Yeah. didn't look yeah. good. Yeah, and and she looked okay, so mm-hmm. she must have really went down quickly. Yeah, I saw an interview. It was just a real quick clip with um, George W. and Laura Bush, and uh, he was talking about how his mom was talking to the doctor one time, and she said, "You want to know why I uh, why George is the way he is? Because I drank and smoked when I was pregnant with him." <laughs> <laughs> 
And I loved like at the beginning when b- before she felt bad about it, she was like, "Yeah, I don't think uh, Jeb should run. I mean, there's been <laughs> enough pushes. Like, I think I think we're all set." And then everyone's like, "Oh, poor Jeb!" And she's like, "All right, I'll campaign for him." Poor Jeb. She actually went out and stumped for him. For yeah. Jeb! Exclamation point. <laughs> An expert on recycling is discussing ways to reduce waste ahead of Earth Day this Sunday. Catherine Kellogg is the founder of Going Zero Waste and says one thing you can do is compost. Not many people do. The composting of food scraps is one of the best things you can do to reduce greenhouse gases. And every time I peel a potato or a hard-boiled egg, I think, oh, I could be composting this, and I'm not. Uh, I, I can't believe we are still talking about this, though. This started when we were kids. Yeah. Like, why do we have to? This should be part of society now that you don't even have to talk about. But I remember, like, recycling was a big deal. When you're, oh, yeah. It, yeah. And you know what they don't say anymore? Give a hoot, don't pollute. <laughs> litter is everywhere. The worst thing you could be when I was a kid was a litter bug. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, and now I that mean, that campaign don't be a litter bug. Yeah, now we have, I mean, now because the internet, we know pedophiles are the worst thing you could be, but <laughs> but we, we used to be litter bug was the worst oh, thing. Yeah. Now there's nothing about litter. You see people just throwing stuff out the window. It's ridiculous. Pedophiles are littering everywhere. It's just <laughs> terrible. Waiting, standing on the side of the road, throwing candy to people. <laughs> she also suggests using cloth dish towels instead of paper towels in the kitchen because that saves money and keeps waste out of the environment. If you want more tips on Earth Day recycling, go to goingzerowaste.com. We, I had this thing, uh, this the, a buddy of mine from Greenfield, his name is Harpo, he's a legend, okay? He had me walking around. He was a senior, I was a, I was a freshman. He had us walk around on Earth Day, and we had this petition that the petition was, save the trees, eat a beaver. <laughs> and <laughs> oh my God. we got hundreds of signatures. And uh, it was a pretty amazing campaign. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I thought you were going to say he had you all poop outside. (laughs) Just squat and give back. One of the many movements to save the earth is stop using plastic straws. So not too long ago, we and I think, I I don't know if I told the story on the air or not. I was at a restaurant not long, too long ago. I said, I'll have a water and no straw, please. And I was like, I'm Whoa. saving the earth. Did it. Whoa, look at <laughs> you. Here is where it starts. And then you got herpes from, because they don't wash the glasses correctly. <laughs> and then you went home and watched that documentary about that big plastic, plastic island, island floating yes. around in the sea. And in honor of Earth Day, RedTube is giving away a week of free porn. But there is a catch. You have to save water first. Access to clean water is something we all take for granted. But according to the United Nations 2018 World Water Development Report, more than 2 billion people do not have access to safe drinking water. And it's not easy to conserve water. So RedTube is hoping that motivating you with a little free porn will get oh, you on board. Good. Save the earth, but ruin kids' brains. <laughs> like, I mean, it's okay for an adult, but you can't, you can't stop it. Yeah, a little kid is- could say they're 18 years old. Well, uh, if you are an adult, it's kind of like composting a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) There is an app on Google Play that tracks the length of your daily shower. So the shorter the shower, the more points you get. For every five minutes of running water you cut from your shower, you save 100 liters of clean, drinkable water. So if you get to a certain number of points, RedTube will then award you with a week of premium subscriptions. 
So you, so you can know, watch all the point you want, uh, porn you want for free. You know that there are guys that are just not going to shower for a week, <laughs> right? Now we got dirty. <laughs> Walk in there, turn it on, leave it on for 45 seconds. I've really got this down. Where's the porn? Yeah. All right. In and Out is still America's favorite quick service restaurant, which I don't know how that's possible because it is an all, it's isn't not everywhere. The West, yeah, it's not here, Western right? half of the United States. It must be like a per capita thing. Nah, and you know, it's always on demographics. It depends on who. They they only interview people in California. They don't come that over might, here because yeah. mm-hmm. we would not say in and out. We wouldn't even, that wouldn't even be on our radar. Right. And so, nope. and this Culver's chain came in second. Is that a California It got to be. I don't, place? I don't yeah, know. I never heard of it. The market force poll of more than 11,000 consumers showed uh, in and out to be the top in fast food customer loyalty at 76%. So then Culver's came in second. Then it was five guys. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> five guys is pretty good. It is it good. It is good. But. Fake news. It's good. Smash Burger. Not here. Oh, so good. Isn't there one here? I don't think so. There was one out in Monroeville, like where the Willies was, but (laughs) I don't know if it's still there. I know. The only one that I've eaten at is the one in Dallas. It's like a Texas chain, I thought. I ate one in Vegas, I think. I think it was Vegas. Really good. uh, Steak and Shake rounds out the top five. Love Steak and Shake. I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of the late night steak and shake staff, and <laughs> like going there late night when you know a place is maybe not the best place to eat when there's nine cops in there, <laughs> and they're not eating. It's their. It's their beat. Yeah, like the regular place. Steak and shake is their beat. I enjoy steak and shake because I can get a sit down meal and pay five dollars and a quarter after the tip. They have mm-hmm. they have meals for like two ninety nine. It's like I'll take one of those of water and I have uh, a pile of sixteen quarters. <laughs> right. and, uh, uh, I I just took my son uh, to McDonald's. Okay, because I know it's not people. It's not popular, but whatever. It's my kid in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> write me another time and I'll just delete it. Um, but <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time and. You know, he wanted every. It's not an well, everyday you know, thing. I was gonna say you don't feed it to him it's every day. It's not an day. everyday thing, and whatever. Uh, and so it came up to something seventy nine. Okay, so whatever it was, I don't know, whatever twenty seven thousand seventy nine. <laughs> and I had so I had fifty cents, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna get rid of these pennies. So I picked nineteen pennies. But you know how like you get too many pennies in, in your in your car change thing. Yeah. I handed this kid, uh, you know, two quarters. And 19 pennies, and his head exploded literally <laughs> all over the food. He was like, uh, This is going to take a while. <laughs> I go, Take as take long it. as you need, honey. If Whatever it takes it longer takes. than 19 <laughs> seconds, you're doing it right. wrong. It shouldn't even take 19. No. Right. Like, right. But he goes, This is going to take a while. He goes, You guys, you can just go. I go, No, no, really. It's okay. I want to stay. This I want to stay for. <laughs> yeah. I, have to. I caught a bank teller on her first day. And it was like, it was like, okay, I want to, uh, I want to withdraw X amount of money. And then, and then some of that, not all of it, some of it, I'm depositing back into somebody else's account. So here's the withdrawal slip. Sure. Here's the deposit slip. It took her 17 minutes and she recounted the money eight times to cover up for the fact that she did not know how to complete this. <laughs> like every t- I saw it like confusion pass over her and then to act like she had something to do and wasn't just baffled she would start counting the money again <laughs> hysterical like i just <laughs> maybe this person shouldn't be on the floor yet if they can't count 19 pennies yeah. maybe they need to be back on the fryer when he just said 
just go ahead. Uh, uh, you could just go ahead. I, I, I'm going to be a while. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, I'd like to stay and watch this show. This is a show I need to watch. <laughs> uh, I don't think he was celebrating more uh, 420, maybe some other drug holiday, but apparently there was a stoned raccoon on the loose in Indiana. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. Your speedway doesn't have anything, but fire did call across the hall and say that it was a raccoon that overdosed on somebody's heroin. I'm sitting at one of the speedway firehouses. No pet raccoons are overdosing here. Well, if they show up, you narcanning. <laughs> Way too weird. I'm leaving. Get bored. <laughs> I think that one guy was stoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think you know the fact of the matter is is. The f- it probably wasn't a pet raccoon. That's how high they were. Yeah. They just grabbed a, pe- a raccoon and were like, this is my doggy. <laughs> got and, into the meth? Yeah, or heroin. They're not sure which. Good Lord. What are the it's symptoms? Dark- <laughs> well, you can you can tell. either He's either nodding out or he's eaten all of the trash in the entire city. <laughs> how are his teeth? That's how you can tell. <laughs> Did he it's take apart the phone? A raccoon on meth? That's a beaver. There's no such thing as a beaver. Those are just methed up raccoons building houses. And this is probably appropriate for 420. What are the most underrated snacks of all time? Uh, This is another BS list, but Thrillist put this together. Uh, Now, they said Nutty Buddy was number one, which they describe as a cross between a Reese's peanut butter cup and a Kit Kat. I just ate one yesterday. But isn't it? I thought Nutty Buddy was a cookie. I thought Nutty Buddy was an ice cream cone. No, that's Nutter Butter. No, that's Nutter Butter. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an ice cream cone. No, Little Debbie's. Like a Little Debbie's thing. That's a Nutty Butter. Remember those? They're like... Two like sticks. a wafer. It's a wafer with peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, that's oh, how they I remember I haven't had one since fourth grade. I had one yesterday. What serendipity? They said ding-dongs, which isn't a ding-dong, a ho-ho in a different shape? Ding-dongs and ho-hos. You had me there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, crackle Mr. Goodbar and 100 Grand, which they say you usually only see them in the mini size. Yeah, those crackles yeah, are like pretty damn at, good. At Christmas yeah, or Halloween. Grand. I don't think they're underrated. I think that's, oh, it was out of Hershey's. Wait, what yep. about Fritos? Is Fritos on that Fritos list? Fritos is not on the list. Well, there underrated. Is a lot. Like underappreciated. I don't know if. Mon- bagel, bagel chips. Bagel chips are fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'm not a I'd fan. I'd rather just yeah. eat a chip. Yeah. Uh, like s- Smarties. Yes, and if you've ever had the king size Smarty, that's what gets me through the day. <laughs> They're giant Smarties. I'm down for that. Only at the dollar store. Uh, che- cheese nips was the which is just cheese it. Oh yeah, right. Yes, it's just a different name. Yeah. brand. A nip or a chip. A nip or a nits. If you're just tuning in, tune right. Uh, into back what out. we're doing. Oh. I, I, say, I wasn't going to say back out, but know that we're talking about candy. Yeah. <laughs> or snacks. I What I think is underrated is the the pretend popcorn. It's like styrofoam. It's like, it's it shaped, they call it, oh. I don't know, cheese corn. It's not cheese popcorn, though. It looks like popcorn, but oh. it's just, it's like. Cheesy poofs. It melts in your mouth oh, when yeah. you eat I it. I love pirate's booty. <laughs> Everything we're saying that a, sounds again, a little bit we, sexual. Uh, if you're just tuning in, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm a big. I, yes, I go down to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> How about PNC Park? Am I the only person in in the no. on the planet who enjoys uh, circus peanuts? 
Oh, yes. Pig. Uh, yes, you, you are, are the only person on the planet. Not only do I think that's a good snack, I think that is the cure for those people that eat the foam out of their couches. <laughs> it's basically the same consistency. Uh, Just hand them these. This allegedly is food. You'll be fine. Was that uh, one of the questions on the Harry Potter house? Yes. Do uh, you enjoy question. circus peanuts? <laughs> You're in Hufflepuff. Yes. <laughs> Forecast today, sunny but breezy. Temperatures a little bit warmer today, a high around 50. It's 32 at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Joining us now from the Point Park University stage in the Permanis DVE Coffee House, the TC Davis Band. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning, Val. How are you? We're doing great. Great. Thanks for joining us this morning. We have TC Davis, Chris Brenner, Gabriel Davis, and Jesse DiLorenzo. And uh, you guys have a show coming up tonight, right? We do, out in Sharon. It's at the Manicor Club. It's a German singing club. It's a really cool place. I was as skeptical as everybody when I first heard the name. But it's a really cool place, and they're opening it up to the public tonight. So uh, stop on out. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to play for us this morning? We're going to start off with a song called Clarity. Brand uh, new. Very good. It's the T.C. Davis Band on the Point Park University stage in the Permanis DVE Coffee House. On the highway Fade into the sleepy arms Of the dark, dark night And I'm learning that in life As in my songs Nothing needs to rhyme But things ain't always right, you know Clarity, it comes and goes like reflections in a dirty, broken mirror. The picture tells a lie that lies beneath another picture, and that keeps everything from being clear. Cause everyone's so far away, years and miles, it's all the same, all the same to me. Understand the subtle ways on woman's plan, but I know 
Mike Pursuit of Fort DVE Sports brought to you this hour by Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. It is game five tonight, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh, 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship 105.9. The X, the Penguins have a three games to one lead in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. They are in position to win their opening round playoff series in five games for the third consecutive season. The last two times they've done that, the postseason has ended with a Stanley Cup championship parade. Penguins will be without winger Patrick Hornquist for the second consecutive game tonight, but head coach Mike Sullivan not particularly stressed by Hornquist's absence. Uh, Yeah, Hornquist is a key guy for the Penguins, but uh, in the immediate aftermath of game four the other night in Philadelphia, Sullivan gave thumbs up to the performance of fill-in winger Dominic Simone, and uh, yesterday Sullivan talked about his power play without Hornquist and maintained that he liked what he saw. I thought they did a great job. You know, Jake brings a different dimension than than Horny does on that power play. Uh, you know, Jake has real good hockey sense. He, you know, for a guy that maybe is undersized, he's he's brave. He's he's willing to go to the battle areas. He's willing to go to the net. He's willing to take a cross check in tight to try to create a scoring chance. So, um, you know, we we thought the power play was was good. Uh, I mean, obviously, Horny's not an easy guy to replace. He brings a unique dimension to our team. Uh, but we also believe that we have some depth. Um, even though the players are, are, are a little bit different, we still think we have uh, capable guys that, that can fill in and, and make sure that, that we continue to have success. Yeah, Jake Gensel jumped up onto that first power play unit, and the power play got the Penguins rolling in game four. It's been good. The one game uh, it crapped out, they lost. But it wasn't from a lack of opportunity. Penguins have pretty much done what they wanted to do in this series in terms of how they're playing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's worked out uh, the right way three times in four tries. We'll see if they can finish off the Flyers tonight. Uh, Sean Couturier is a maybe. That according to Philadelphia General Manager Ron Hextall. He told reporters in Philadelphia yesterday that Couturier would be making the trip to Pittsburgh he didn't practice with the Flyers yesterday, but supposedly he got on the plane. We'll see. And him being out of the lineup really jams up the line combinations because it just they just don't have the depth. No, they don't. The Penguins have more good players than they do more star caliber players. And if they're going to, you know, if you're going to trade them off uh, in terms of attrition, the Penguins are going to end up still having other guys to rely upon, and Philadelphia is not. If Giroux doesn't step up tonight and do something big and hit, you know, light up the scoreboard, what are they going to be saying in Philadelphia about fraud Giroux? Yeah, it's good. Their, their biggest problem is the other end, though. 
Of course. Uh, it's, mm. Your point, your yeah, point is tender. well taken. The Flyers' best players have not been their best players, but their goaltending's been horrific. Horrific. And it, if Drew was getting four points a night, I think they'd be losing 7-6. It just they, they are not stopping the Penguins. They didn't stop them all regular season. And other than the one game, game two, where the puck just wouldn't go in, you have those nights sometimes, but uh, the Penguins had ample opportunities in that game. They had great looks, and they had their, their really good players doing the shooting. Uh, it just didn't happen one time. You'll get that occasionally. But they just, Philadelphia cannot stop Pittsburgh. We've, we've seen that all year. It feels like you know a guy gets a promotion at work and then immediately goes to ask out the girl he's been after on a wave of confidence. Philly finally won the Super Bowl. They said, now we're going to take out Crosby. Walks in. <laughs> nope. All right. No, uh, thank you. Should have quit while we were ahead. Yeah. Daddy's still got Villanova, too. Well, they must be pretty confident about tonight because they don't even have a game time listed for Sunday. <laughs> they, have, they have a game listed, but not. it says time to be determined. Yeah. I, I don't think the NHL's gotten around to uh, making that official yet. But uh, it's, They've actually canceled the game for Sunday. It's funny though, because I remember no I, need. I remember going to uh, DC last year for Game Five, Pens in the Caps. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I went down, and we just took it in from the stands. And immediately after the Capitals won, they popped up next game, Game Seven, and the, you know they had mm-hmm. the date on the jumbotron. And I was thinking, oh, that's cute. <laughs> they, they think they're actually coming back here. <laughs> they did. They did. Well, the Pope went to Philadelphia and apparently only blessed the Eagles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he forgot there was hockey. He's like, ah, Wells Fargo or, you know what, I, we, I'm i kind of exhausted. I'm going to go nap. <laughs> Forget the Flyers. 76ers, dead. <laughs> he didn't have to bless Pat Stakes because it's already the king of stakes. Right. Says it right on the sign. Uh, seven nothing. Phillies over the Pirates yesterday. A little revenge for Philadelphia. Jake Arrieta dominating against the Buccos as he has been periodically in recent years. Seven innings, one hit, no runs, two walks, ten strikeouts. Jamison Tyone got lit up for the first time this year. He didn't make it out of the second inning. Gave up five earned runs. Uh, Pirates fall to twelve and seven. But hey, last year they were eight and eleven at this point. So this is better. Yvonne Nova against Ben Lively tonight as uh, that series continues through Sunday in Philadelphia. The NFL announced everybody's schedule last night. The Steelers will open it up on September the 9th in Cleveland. Uh, It started in Cleveland last year. It'll start there again this year. Five primetime games, including one uh, Thursday nighter on November the 8th against Carolina. Steelers president Art Rooney II uh, spoke with Bob Labriola of Steelers.com yesterday. And Art II telling Labs that uh, even though the color rush uniforms are not going to be mandatory this year on those Thursday night games, there's been a lot of complaints about those because some of them have been so hideous. Uh, The Steelers are still going to wear theirs, uh, says Rooney on Steelers.com today. Quote, we like our color rush uniforms and we plan to wear them that night until somebody tells us we're not supposed to do that. Is that what we've come down to in football? Well, what kind of uniforms are they wearing? Do I feel like a chick or what here? Come on, why do I have to be the voice? Who cares? Just play football. What are uh, you? It a is what we've come down to. Yes. This is ridiculous. 
we're doing color commentary <laughs> on their oh they, their fabrics are very clean this year. <laughs> Steelers have also been reviewing uh, this week uh, as the off season program has has begun. They've been reviewing. Uh, the uniforms they wore in the playoffs against Jacksonville, and more specifically how they performed in those uniforms. It wasn't very good. Uh, They're assessing the wreckage of Jacksonville 45, Pittsburgh 42 last January. Here's cornerback Joe Hayden. It wasn't really too much of them beating you when you had when you had your man. It was just more communication. People switching and swatching and trying to figure out who who has who. Just now, just going over those checks and going over watching those plays and just figuring out. All right, when we're bumping here, well, who has who? Why, how are we going to figure this out with the linebackers and with the secondary? So it's not really a skill thing. I felt like I felt like it was just more communication, the more who has who, whose man is whose man. Now he's talking about the backers and the secondary and the coverages. Uh, Miscommunication. We saw that the second half of the season. It was a skill thing up front. They got their uh, arse kicked. That was part of the problem. But that when he talks about miscommunication, boy, have we heard that for years now, right? They, yep. They got the first thing they got to figure out is who is playing where, and the second thing they got to do is clean up the communication. It uh, it has been an issue. Uh, two of the guys they brought in that will presumably play. A lot this year, Morgan Burnett, the safety from Green Bay, and John Bostick, the linebacker from Indy. Those guys were signal callers with their former team, so they are presumably communication capable. <laughs> uh, they they got to either dumb it down or smarten up, but they got to figure out how not to have communication problems. That's a problem with Cleveland. They have communication problems. They, they're they covering guys in Youngstown. <laughs> 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 and texting each other on the sidelines. If they're selling hot dogs at the same time. That's now. If you play for the Browns, you have to have a second job in the stadium on every other quarter. Your hot dogs on two and four, and you're covering you're covering cotton candy and peanuts in one and three. Okay, break. You know what's amazing about the Browns, though, is how many people still go, and they're still enthusiastic. At least at the start no, of the game, they're never enthusiastic. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that people get mad at me on Twitter. It's not about enthusiasm. I also am a gambler. So if I sit at a slot machine for 30 minutes and I got 400 bucks in the slot machine, I'm not getting up. I don't care if you come with your walker and your <laughs> oxygen tank. I put the money in this machine. I'm going to be the one getting the money out of this machine. Too heavily invested. So that's invested. what happens. Yeah. It's, I got 45 years of failure. One day, Charlie Brown, you're going to let me kick that damn football. Okay? That's all it is. It doesn't mean that they compete. I don't even look at them as NFL. That's why people go, how can you go to How can you go to Pittsburgh? How can you like the Steelers? I can because it's a different it's a different thing it's an this is football what they do over there is not football it's this <laughs> it's this train wreck do you like to watch crashes do you like to watch things that are messed up don't you like to see the Faces drunk broads planted at four o'clock in the morning on the sidewalk of denny's yes at one point though they're gonna straighten themselves up pull their skirts down and we're gonna see something happen <laughs> Sorry. Well, listen, Tammy. I want to I, look. I want to reassure you. I think it's darkest before the dawn. And Owen sixteen, I think, was obviously rock bottom for you guys. And I, mathematically, you can't do worse. <laughs> Did they lose every preseason game? No, they didn't. They won them all. Remember, they came up with the T-shirts. Yeah, undefeated.
Thanks, Mike. Uh, when we come back, one more song from the T.C. T. Davis Band. It's a DVE morning show. The DVE morning show. Let's get one more from the T.C. Davis Band and the Point Park University stage in the Permanis DVE Coffee House. What, uh, what's the name of the song you're going to play uh, for us now? This next song is Tonight, Val. And uh, I wanted to say thank you to our friends. We love you for listening. And uh, this is a great opportunity for us. So thanks. Uh, yeah, and I, this is a song I've been playing on the Homegrown Show. Yes, that's it. Cool. It's the T.C. Davis Band and the DVE Coffee House. Would you fight if you knew how much time you had? Would you put your soul for sale? Because it doesn't feel quite right When your friends seem too polite Can't deny it, can't deny it, can't deny it Believe it. 
Davis Band on the Point Park University stage in the Permanis DVE Coffee House. You guys have a show tonight at the Manicore Club and Sharon, so go see those guys. You have a CD coming out? We do. We'll uh, be putting that out this summer and hopefully early summer. Awesome. Let us know all the details. We'll get uh, out uh, the information for everybody. Very awesome. Thank you, Val. Thank Can I you. give them the Randy treatment? What's that? All right! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Sean Collier for joining us this morning. What do you got going on, Sean? Uh, I'm I'm taking a dang break this weekend, but wanted to let you know. Uh, thanks to Bill Crawford for headlining Sean Collier presents. Oh, it was a privilege last weekend at Arcade Comedy Theater. We've announced the next one of those is going to be on Saturday, May 26th at Arcade. Headliner for this one, Terry Jones, the very funny Terry Jones, awesome. will be headlining yeah, a, a show for us. Felicia Gillespie on that one as well. Tickets are on sale now at ArcadeComedyTheater.com. Thanks to Joe Bartnick for joining us. Thank you, Tammy Pescatelli, Thank for coming. Hey. Special, special visit we, we haven't seen you. in a long time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Get tickets to her May 5th show at the Strand Theater. You can find the link on the morning show page at DVE.com. Thanks to Will Graves of the Associated Press talking about the Penguins-Flyers game tonight and the T.C. Davis Band as well. We'll kick your arse, your flyers come. We'll kick your arse and leave you numb. We'll drink to you when the cup is passed. You'll play your song, we'll kick your arse. Penguins and Flyers, Game 5 tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Sean McDowell going to be broadcasting outside the arena this afternoon, so he'll be there. Lots of stuff going on. they got the food trucks. they got the big TV set up for the game tonight. Uh, game time at 7 o'clock. Let's go, Pens. Mike Seal up next for Michelle Michaels. He'll have the electric lunch at noon on DVE. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.